time to get ready. Go out. It's time to get ready. Pick. It it almost seems pointless, doesn't it? Because like 
now you're giving up on Jalen Hurts, you know, and you're not going to sell uh, uh, your fan base. On t- it'll be like the Green Bay effect. That's that you don't have Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay took Jordan Love last year at the end of the first round, and everyone's scratching their heads like, why did you do that? If you take a quarterback here with that sixth overall pick, everyone will be saying, why did you do that? So you took Jalen Hurts last year in the second round. If you invested a second-round pick into this guy, um, I say go all in this year. I will give Jalen Hurts two years. If you believe Jalen Hurts is your franchise guy, you give him two years. You go out there, you get Waddle, you get Smith, you get Chase, one of these top three receivers. Or if you could snag an offensive lineman, another left tackle to replace um, his name's drawn blank on me, as good as the left tackle as he was. <laughs> but to replace Jason Peters. Jason Peters at left tackle. You know, okay, maybe that makes sense too. Or I mean that's the both that's the only understanding only understand uh, the only thing I will understand if you take with that sixth pick. If you take Zach Wilson, Justin Fields with that sixth pick, it was all for nothing. Um, and you I don't think you can trade I don't know if you can trade um um Jim Smith, um Jalen Smith. If you can even trade, <laughs> um, why is that name now? Jalen Hurts. Yep. <laughs> For a second round pick now. Because you will be saying that the franchise who drafted him with that second round pick, yeah, he's not all we thought he was. You know, so I, it was very questionable on Philly's trade part. But Andy, I love it. You, you got yourself, if you were to just hold candles of Car- Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz right now, as great as the year Philip Rivers had, Carson Wentz's potential and mobility factor does it for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, he has obviously the arm range. Now, they're in a position, too, where they have to go out there and get a weapon. Um, T.Y. Holton is done. I don't think we got much left in T.Y. Michael Pittman, the young rookie they took last year in the second round, I guess. Okay, you can see what he develops to be. Um but you got you got to secure a, a top a top receiver with this year's draft. Man. But I will give that I will give that a B a B plus. I give it a D plus, bro. For weeks for weeks we heard the Eagles talking about after that Matt Stafford trade to the Rams. Well, when if Stafford can go for two first round picks, then that that's the baseline for Carson Wentz. We're going. We, we want two first-round picks. We want a Stafford-like deal. We, we value him that much. This is what they ended up getting. A 2021 third-round draft pick. And next year's second-round draft pick, that could become a first. If basically the Colts make the playoffs. So third-rounder and a first really doesn't scream to me this Matt Stafford-like deal. who He went for two firsts and a third. But when you look at the trade that the Lions made with the Rams, they got a young quarterback that they could just have in Jared Goff and just have for a few years while his contract just withers down. But you get multiple picks that are very high, valued very high because they're two first. You can rebuild your franchise if you have that much faith in Dan Campbell. And you can actually see, hey, we get a free trial at Jared Goff while we build the rest of the team around him. It's not like Jared Goff is a bad quarterback. He's just an average quarterback. No, he's he just got paid a ton of money. And that's 
for the Lions, I would give them a B plus, A minus because they managed to trade Matt Stafford to a contender, get multiple first-round picks to reset their franchise, while the Eagles, not only do they get much, much less than what they were demanding for over two weeks with the Colts and the Bears, demanding all these picks. And I believe it was yesterday or the day before where a report came out that said the Colts are not budging from their offer. So what that tells me is that this is the offer the Colts were were giving the Eagles. And the Eagles, who had all the leverage, (laughs) uh, well, not the Eagles, the Colts, had all the leverage, kudos to them. If this was a one-sided trade, I'd give the Colts an A+, because they managed to get a really young quarterback in Carson Wentz, who played very well under Frank Wright. Uh, and now they have a chance to go back to the playoffs and possibly compete in a weak AFC outside of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, maybe the Cleveland Browns. There's talk about Big Ben possibly leaving the Steelers, whether he likes it or not. And if, if I'm the Eagles, why, why not give Jalen Hurts a chance? You gave Carson Wentz a chance after he broke his leg. Jalen Hurts got benched for some dude no no one wanted to see on the field anyway. So the Eagles right now are turning into a laughing stock because they hire some no-name that no one's ever heard of who butchered his press opening press conference. And now they, they're saying that, oh, well, Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, even though we drafted him in the second round. We're going to bring in competition. Who are you going to bring in? Mitch Trubisky? Nick Foles? You're going to try to trade for Nick Foles again? What's that going to accomplish? You're going to trade for Sam Darnold? What, what what kind of competition is out there? Gardner Minshew, maybe? But what kind of competition is out there where Jalen Hurts is going to feel the warmth on his seat and say, well, I really need to produce and play really well because so-and-so behind me is going to be really well. Like, not, not even if you bring a young guy like Josh Rosen off the practice squad or, or from, <laughs> from the San Francisco 49ers to, to compete. It's, it's a joke. Bring in a, an experienced veteran to help Jalen Hurts through his this coming year, build around him, Get pieces on the team that you desperately need on both sides of the ball, on that like that offensive line that you mentioned, improve that defense, and see if Jalen Hurts has it. Next year is a weak quarterback draft class, so you're not definitely not going to draft anyone. This year is the year you're going to draft a trade for a quarterback, and you just traded the your young, one of your young quarterbacks to the Colts. So you're in a shit situation if you're the Eagles. Because, yeah, you got rid of Carson Wentz's salary, that you, that was ginormous. But you gave him the salary. You didn't do the yeah. Jets Darnold thing. Where okay, well, let's not give him or, or, or any other team. Let's not give him the salary just yet. But that, the Cowboys. That's what I'm thinking. The Cowboys thing. Yeah, but they're, they're not too sure on Dak Prescott. So they're just they're going to franchise tag him. They'll pick up the fifth year option. Franchise, franchise. Because we they don't they don't know about him yet because they didn't get him over the hump that a Romo did in their eyes. In their eyes, they just offered him a huge contract after they win the Super Bowl, and Nick Foles goes to greener pastures in Jacksonville, and the rest is history. You you didn't have to give him the contract, so this is just you shooting yourself on the foot, and then you putting a bandage on it yourself. You did this to yourself. 
You you know what also this trade does for Philly? That it probably won't hurt the most. Um, it takes them out of the Deshaun Watson's tweet seats, you know. Like oh, yeah. there was talk that if Philly can package up that sixth pick, um Carson wins in a, they were talking about I guess another pick for Deshaun Watson. You can't know it's Deshaun Watson. Now that's all gone out the window. Oh yeah, no, this is Jalen Hurts and Mike Yeah, no, that's completely out the window. Unless somehow you know who's Yeah. Unless you can sell the, the Houston Texans on Hurts as in the, you know, your sixth pick and another first rounder. It, it just doesn't make sense. Um so I agree with you, George. If you're looking solely on Phillies standpoint and where they went and what they got back and you know like Carson Wentz is still young we can say what we want about Carson Wentz's injuries history which I would agree with you know his ability to not turn the ball over (laughs) you know which I would agree with um is all true but he's going to a guy with Frank Wright who got the best out of Carson Wentz we've seen the best Carson Wentz with this guy so you have if you're if you're Philly, you gotta look at it like you're possibly re, re, you know just giving his, his career that shock, the shock that it needs to get him back on pace. Um, so with that being said, if you're looking solely on Philly side, you, you gotta assume, like you said, I, it's a deep plus for me, you know, because you didn't get enough back in return. If you're Indy, you gave up a possible late first round pick. Mm-hmm. As it stands right now, third and second for Carson Wentz. And all you're doing, George, whatever team Indy was going to sign this year, unless it was going to be Jacoby Brissett, they were going to take a cap it. Yeah. You know? So, you know, like, they were going to take a cap it. You know, so, like, if this was the situation, uh, hey, let me take Carson Wentz and take his cap it. At least the best Carson Wentz we've seen came with the guy who's our head coach now. <laughs> you know? Behind, like I said, a great offensive line, stud defense, you know. So I mean, <laughs> I guess it is what it is. But if you're an indie fan, you got to be happy, right? You, have, oh, you yeah. almost have to be happy. But if I if I'm indie now, now you now you have to ask yourself because there there is the injury history with Carson Wentz that you have to be concerned about. So yes, for sure. Do you are you comfortable with a guy like Jacob Eason being your backup? Because Jacoby Brissett is he's. Jacoby Brissett is under the mindset that he's a starter. I, I, I was going to say, George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me jump in here because I heard people like Dan Orlovsky and Stephen A. Smith oh. preach to us oh. that 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 Jacoby Brissett is not a bum. And I agree. Jacoby Brissett is not a bum. By no stretch of the imagination, I'm not going to paint that picture for you. But do I believe Jacoby Brissett is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL? I do not believe he is that. Now, if he was your starting quarterback... Can he get you seven, eight wins? Depending on what the pieces you have around him, maybe, maybe. But I don't. I think he he tops off at eight wins. We're talking about Carson Wentz, who is, when healthy, capable of getting you 11, 12 wins. So if I'm Jacoby Brissett, and I'm looking at my market, and I can go to a team like Houston once they move off to Sean Watson and be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. With no Will Fuller, a racist owner who, who's you know openly racist, you know like we won't I won't dig back to the comments that that he spoke of, but if you want to go on the internet, you can find him easily accessible. So you're talking about an owner who, who's, who said enough things about black people. No Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks probably would be there, 
and a washed up David Johnson, an offensive line outside of Laramie Tussle, you could care less about. And no JJ Watt on the defensive end. You know, so unless that's that 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 intrigues you if you're Jacoby Brissett, I don't see another starting gig opening up for you. I'd rather sit back behind Carson Wentz in a system I already studied for the last three, two years, um, and know Carson Wentz is injury prone. You know, so you you would have still probably a chance at some point this season to play. Will you take less money doing it? Probably. But Jacoby Brissett, I don't think is in a situation where he's worried about money. No, and and that was that was very key when uh, he resigned with the Colts after they traded for him uh, those year a few years yeah. ago when he pretty much went to the front office, negotiated the deal by himself. And I believe it was yep. a two or three year deal at the time, which is now expired. And I think I think that Jacoby Brissett, after seeing this move to the Colts, he is more than likely, I think, going to go back to New England. Because think about it. Bill Belichick. Okay. Bill Belichick brought uh, Cam Newton in to try to reel that whole run play action, the run pass option, excuse me, and try to implement that because he's never had a mobile quarterback per se. And it's it did not go well. As we know, this was the first time that the Patriots have been under 500 in the Belichick era. First time that they missed the playoffs since, I believe it was 2008, when Tom Brady was out and Matt Castle was a quarterback. And Ken Moon did not play well. Did not throw a lot of touchdowns, barely any touchdowns. It, it, it wasn't the revival that Cam Newton expected. While Cam Newton could re-sign with the, Colt, with the uh, New England Patriots, I think Bill Belichick is looking at the San Francisco 49ers situation and seeing what they're going to do with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And it all boils down to Deshaun Watson. Um, but with Jacoby Brissett being a free agent, we could have a reunion on our hands because... Bill Belichick is aware that, hey, Stephon Gilmore, you have a huge cap hit with your contract. He's trying to move you for some draft picks. And who better to come in and one of Bill Belichick's homegrown talents like Jacoby Brissett? If the rumors of Stephon Gilmore being on the open market and open for available for trade so that the Patriots can improve their salary and their cap space to bring in better role players on that team, why not bring in Jacoby Brissett, who has proven under Bill Belichick's system to play better than Cam Newton did this past season? I mean, here you, before he went out for COVID, George, we have to remember, was having a really good season. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, with four games. But for the four games, he took Seattle to the brink, you know, and I believe that was, I believe, the only team he lost to, I believe, in that stretch um, before he went out for COVID. Then, I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing fighters talk about the linger effects after COVID, you know, like fighters who haven't fought uh, over a year, you know. Um, we just had um, Tamias, you know, who was scheduled to fight Leon Edwards on the upcoming March pay-per-view for the second time since the fight's been, you know, scheduled had to pull out again due to the, you know, lingering effects of COVID-19. 
Um, we heard football players speak of it, you know, the lingering effect of COVID-19. Basketball players, you know, so, I mean, there's something to be said that even Cam Newton just went out there and, and winged it. And, you know, New England, you know New England. There have been plenty of times we all know Tom Brady has played hard, hurt before. But New England would not let that go to the papers, you know, so I, I, I have no problem believing that Cam Newton probably at some point this season will probably be playing injured. Now, so I... I I, I hear what you're saying. Will Jacoby Brissett be better than what Cam Newton was this year? Maybe. You know, very much so, maybe. But if they go into the season, George, with Ryan Enzo at tight end and Jacoby Myers at your number one receiver. And because, uh, you know, tell about Julian Edelman. Like, Julian Edelman is saying he's talking about coming back. That does not mean he'll be a New England Patriot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just means yeah, he's coming you back. You mentioned Jacoby Myers. Kiel Harry, those are two top receivers. Kiel Harry, well, as an Arizona State fan, I think he has a lot of potential. Bill Belichick is not a very patient man nowadays. So he, I think he got dropped. They pretty much drafted him to be a younger Josh Gordon when they had him. A guy that can stretch the field, but he's young. And the thing is, you can't have a young receiver still learning the game drafting him at the end of the first, early second. And Expect him to be automatic. And Nikhil Harry was not that. When he's open, no. yeah, he can have explosive plays, but the problem is this is the NFL. This is a, the Pac-12 corners. Exactly. <laughs> that, that can be bullied. He is struggling to he is struggling to gain separation. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Now, can he can he at one point in his NFL career learn how to gain separation? Of course. Will it be under the New England Patriots? I'm not sure. But a guy like Jacoby Brissett can come in, and he's, he's more of a short to medium passer anyway. He's not known to toss it deep. Yeah, yeah he's going to throw a deep ball. So, yeah. you can, and, and the Patriots, despite their struggles, they did have a solid running game. I think. It's, it wasn't top tier like it, like it was, but it's solid. No. It's, it does the job for you. Yeah, serviceable. serviceable. It's serviceable. So, and, and all you need right now is to be serviceable. Bill Belichick, I don't think it's going to win any chips right now. I think the way the way New England rumors are is that he's pretty much grooming the next guy, whether it's Josh McDaniels or his son that's on the coaching staff, to take the reins when he's finished. So, mm-hmm. And he even said himself, they sold their soul with these huge contracts to win a couple Super Bowls. And, Bill, and Tom Brady was part of that selling his soul because Tom Brady took – Massive cuts on his salary to try to bring in certain players. And then he got paid by Tampa Bay and won a chip his first year. Uh, But going back to the Carson Wentz situation, interesting point because you mentioned that Carson Wentz had a a couple injuries, but he didn't play well last week. You know who else didn't play well? Sam Darnold. So if, if you're the Colts, are you happy with taking the cap hit of Carson Wentz? Or would you have preferred to, knowing that you traded a third and a possible first to Philly for Carson Wentz in his cap space, mm-hmm. would you have traded the same for, or if not less, for a guy like Sam Darnold, who is one cheaper, younger, and you can have him for one, one maybe two years max. See him out, you can... 
You still have the talent. Yeah. Because they both had similar seasons last year under questionable coaching. So who do you, who, who do you think would be that, better? That is, the, that is it right there, George. That is it right there. Um, if, if you want just to give me Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz for what I have to play, if the asking price was exactly the same, let's just call it a flat beat. A third and conditional second. Yeah. For either or. Mm-hmm. I right now would have to Carson Wentz. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you this why. It's because the fact that Sam Darnold you don't have locked up. If you told me I had Sam Darnold locked up for as long as I had Carson Wentz locked up, I'll take it. But I believe Sam Darnold can grow to be better than what Carson Wentz is right now. Okay. With proper, you know, proper coaching. Um, problem is, I will only have it for possibly another year. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was that is what would weigh that that you know, and also the fact the Frank Wright factor. You know, Frank Wright, Carson Wentz, the past. If there was some unknown coach that did not know who Carson Wentz was, never worked with him, um, was fresh slate, and you had Steve Offer, they might say Sam Darnold. I kid you not, they might yeah. they might say Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold has the arm talent. He is mobile. And probably has to put more mobile than what Carson Wentz is due to all the injuries that Carson Wentz had in his career. Yeah. I I would lean towards Sam Darnold myself if there, the contracts were the same. With the contracts not being the same, I'll probably take Carson Wentz because I have it for a longer Yeah, I have to be with you. But the Jets possibly might have shot themselves in the foot with certain suitors because they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So he only has, I believe, yeah. this coming season, maybe one more, because I believe this was his third or fourth season. No, I think this is his third season. So yeah, Todd Bowles' first third year, season, last though. year with Adam Gase, and then this year, this past year with Adam Gase, where they just stunk up the joint. But I understand why the Colts traded for Carson Wentz, because he has the more proven commodity. And if you're trying to win now, Carson Wentz is the best available via trade and looking at what they tra- traded him for, it's a lot better than what the Texans are reportedly seeking for Deshaun Watson. And just back to just going to Deshaun Watson now, Matt Stafford goes for two first-round picks. Carson Wentz goes for a third and a conditional second. So what the, the Houston Texans have to be eyeing the situation and saying, okay, the max value is two first-round picks and maybe a third and a second. The bottom, the bottom is a third and a conditional second. Teams aren't going to go past the Stafford-type deal because they're trying to conserve their picks, knowing how long this stalemate has been going on with Watson and the Texans. And Stafford requested his trade, got it. Wentz requested for a trade, and he got it. Watson's been requesting for a trade since damn near the playoffs started. <laughs> so... So what, 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 what is the asking price at this point for Deshaun Watson? Because even people in his camp are starting to tell him, "Look, I know you want. I know New York. The New York Jets are on your tip, on, on your list because they have they have a, a nice coach, a nice coach everyone loves, and Robert Sala, the coaching staff with the with the Shanahan influence. They have four first round pick, pretty much five first round picks in the next three years, including this one, but." The asking price that the Texans are is going to be anywhere between two to four first-round picks. Okay, so let's say that, let's say that happens, and the, 
the Jets trade four first-round picks uh, for Deshaun Watson. You're in a similar situation that you were just that you just left. The difference is the owner isn't racist, maybe. <laughs> and, and it's just okay. Well, that, like the owner actually gets along. I actually get along with the owner, but I'm still in a, a similar situation that I was in Houston, where there aren't a lot of pieces. The pieces that could have been built in New York was just traded away to Houston so they can build. They could probably get a guy like Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or Justin Fields, and all of a sudden maybe the Texans are a playoff team under Dan Cully instead of you under Robert Sala, who everyone loves. And now the team is – sure, they have the cap space, but your contract is going to take a lot of that cap space that the Jets have away. So you're not going to have – you're not going to be available to probably sign – an Allen Robinson to a Max Steel. Or you could get Allen Robinson to a Max Steel, but now you don't have any corners. You don't have any players on defense. Exactly. And if and if the trade is two or three first round picks, Sam Darnold and Quinn Williams, well, yeah, you got rid of Sam Darnold, but now you got rid of your best defensive player on the line. Basically. So you're back you're back to square one. You're basically back where you started, but now you're in green and white. Similar with the with the Broncos, the Broncos can't give up all of their draft picks because now now what are they going to have? Now they're going to have to try to sell teams on trading a first or a second for a guy like Philip Lindsay or Melvin Gordon, <laughs> or because they don't have any they, they don't they need pieces around that team as well. So I, I don't I don't know what's this I don't know what uh, the Texans are waiting for right now because they're, they're pretty much holding Deshaun Watson captive. Knowing that, knowing what the market, because at this point we know what the market is for a quarterback. Yeah. And the Texans are trying to go way beyond ludicrous measures to try to get Deshaun Watson out of there, even though they've been denying for days, for weeks, that he's not going anywhere. And, you know, George, I think that part of it, I think they're, they're convincing themselves and their fan base that, hey, we're not trading Deshaun Watson, which it, it sounds good in logic, but the Houston. They, they, got look, they don't got to look much further than the Houston Rockets. We're not trading James Harden. James Harden's not available. But when James Harden starts missing games and starts telling people at press conference, like, you know, it, my time up's here, you eventually just run out of options, George. You eventually just run out of options. You, you eventually have to, to decide, okay, I'm a, I'm, I'm a trading guy. And if you're Houston, you're shooting yourself in the foot again, George, because – you're not his trade value will not be anything higher than what it is right now. The moment you go into season with them, you're getting less. The moment you went to after this season, you're getting less. This is right now maximum get back on the show watch. Don't be stubborn. Now, I I've, I've always been the one to say it depends in my situation. It would depend on what team is willing to offer what. If you're a team on the brink, like the 49ers, I keep bringing the 49ers in, but if you're the 49ers and you are literally a quarterback away from the Super Bowl, probably three P. <laughs> if you're literally that close, you give three for a for Deshaun Watson. You'll give three first round picks, and then Houston will be like, ah, we want Bosa. And San Francisco is going to say, we're not going to give you Bosa. Like Houston's gonna say yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, and, and, Houston, Houston, right now. I, I, I'll let you finish, but my 
I just want to say that if we get to the draft, if April comes and we get to the NFL draft and Roger Goodell is either in, in some studio or in his basement again, calling for the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, the Jacksonville Jaguars, that moment comes and Deshaun Watson still Texan, Houston straight fucked up. Because right, yeah. right before the draft, that's your best chance because once the draft hits and you tell people that if you tell people that, um, oh, well, we're going to keep them after the draft, uh, then all of a sudden the Jets are going to draft a quarterback. All these teams that were going to trade for, that were in, running for Deshaun Watson are going to draft quarterbacks or move on in free agency. And then it's, oh, yep. well, Deshaun, now, now you're here. And then OTA start, Deshaun doesn't show up. Training camp starts, Deshaun doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. And now those three to four first-round picks you were asking for in February, turn into second, maybe a third, and now you lost any opportunity to try to rebuild your team. And you don't have first or second round picks this year in in the draft. So this is your best opportunity to rebuild with a new coaching staff and a general manager. And that's that's exactly what I was saying, George. You know, like this, you're never going to get more for Deshaun Watson than you will right now. Because here's the thing, newsflash, Houston, Teams want to be able to – you want to be able to scout who you draft with that pick. Why would you hold on to Deshaun Watson till draft night and then trade with the New York Jets to get the second pick and you never evaluated, you never brought Zach Wilson into your – you know, like, you, you don't know the guy. You're just going solely off of what you see him on film. Like, if you you're, – you're, you're cheating yourself, you're cheating your fan base. Yeah. Um – if I'm the Texans, this is what I'm doing. I'm calling around. I'm calling around. I'm doing the calling myself. And I'm going to specific teams, teams that I know are drooling at the thought of getting Deshaun Watson. And I'm telling them, hey, listen, so Deshaun's available, but I need at a bare minimum two firsts and a player with three firsts and three firsts and maybe a fourth, you know, a fourth or a fifth later, later down the line, you know. But you have to dictate this because the moment, the moment George, they miss this opportunity and the Sean Watson goes into OTAs at Houston Texan or past draft night at Houston Texan, you screwed up. You're not going, you might as well at that point in time tell Sean I'm not trading you. You know, you might as well just tell him that <laughs> because at that point, you're never going to get anything back for him. You, you, uh, what's that second round pick going to do for you? What quarterback you grabbing with the second round pick? You just brought on George that week next year draft class is. Well, guess what? The one maybe good bright spot one that will come out next year, you won't be you won't be grabbing them. I can and promise I, you that. And, this, this is why I tell Jets fans everywhere: don't be surprised if a team like the Jets or the 49ers or any team rob Deshaun Watson from the Texans because this is going on for far too long, and we're only in February. We still have. Two months left until the draft. We have free agency to, to start <laughs> on March 21st, or, or whenever free NFL free agency starts. I don't I don't know the exact date. Yeah, but yeah. but if if the Texans are being this stubborn, and I don't think I don't think they're going to call. I don't think they're calling anyone. I think people are calling them, and they're sending them straight to voicemail. It's what it sounds like. And if that continues to happen. Those three to four first-round picks are going to go to one, maybe two, 
because they're not doing this the way the Rockets did. Because the Rockets, once they saw how out of shape Houston, uh, James Harden was, how uh, he stopped going to camp, he went to strip clubs and possibly exposed himself to COVID. That's when they started talking to the Nets and say, okay, this is what we want. Let's make it work. And then they called two other teams and said, okay, let's try to make it work. Indiana, do you, do you, do you want a, one of our young players? Do you want one of our, do you want this person? Who wants, who wants Jared Allen? Oh, Cleveland, you need more centers. And then that's how they, because they got done. Houston, the Texans, for whatever reason, are just, nope, he's here. I came here to coach Deshaun Watson. I came here to build a team around Deshaun Watson. And it's not going well. So that's why I say don't be surprised. And I've heard so many people curse me out. Oh, it'd be a travesty if the Texans didn't get minimum three first-round picks for talent like Deshaun Watson. Well, you fucked up by not answering the call for those four first-round picks or what teams were initially going to offer you. And now teams are going to say, well, you took too long. The draft is next week. We're only going to offer you two firsts. Have fun trying to talk to your team about Deshaun Watson not being there. I don't even know who Deshaun Watson's backup is. I think it's Aaron, uh, Aaron um, AJ McCarron, I believe. AJ McCarron, good luck starting your new your first tenure. With AJ McCarron is your quarterback with Sean Watson holding out. And I think I think honestly, the, we're already entering the end of February. I think the Texans are going to get fleeced. They're just going to say, you know what, this is going on far too long. Fuck it, let's just get rid of them. We'll take a first and a second. Just take him off our hands. We're done. We're done. Because they granted J.J. Watt his release. Now J.J. Watt is feeling loved. And he's out here He's out here posting on Instagram, all gas, no brakes, teasing a Jets signing, which I don't think... Talking about free agency is wild. Free agency is wild. And Deshaun Watson, he didn't experience that because at the time, everyone says, oh, don't... Suck. At the time, he needed that financial... Uh, Financial structure. You need to get financial stability. Yeah, I, which I agree, George, but I was one of those people screaming, don't sign that Tinder. I was one of those people. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that well, they have probably gave you the Dak Prescott treatment where they probably would have ended up franchise tagging you. Probably. Yeah. They probably would have. But I would have rather that than sign away my next four years in Houston with an owner who's proven to me I'm not going to do nothing for you. You know, and an organization can care less about your own personal success. Um, If you're Deshaun Watson, you have to do what you watch them ship out New Hopkins for a Washington David Johnson. Yep. A second round pick. In the second round pick. Yes. For New Hopkins. You heard in the trade deadline. Yeah, your number one receiver will fully. Yeah, we're trying to trade him away to Green Bay. They were actively trying to shop him away. Yep. J.J. Watt, gone. <laughs> you know, so like at what point if you, do you you step in and you're like, you know what? I've I seen enough. You know, like <laughs> enough is enough. Because uh, <laughs> um, Deshaun Watson's as great as hell you'll find in this team. Um, and it sucks that he's in this situation because if he didn't sign this dinner, maybe he's not in this situation. Well, maybe, maybe he'll you be know? in a franchise tag situation where maybe dealing those three to four first-round picks would be a little cautious because, oh, well, you don't have Deshaun for uh, more than that year or that franchise tag is worth. 
and then you don't have to convince Deshaun Watson to resign instead of going into free agency. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be a lot it'll be a lot different. But I think Houston completely bungled the situation. They are in in a huge mess. But we mentioned JJ Watt. He's getting at least a dozen teams calling for his services. Cleveland has come out and become an interested suitor that he's also interested in. And he's teasing teams like the Jets, boasting all gas, no brakes when he's working out. The Packers are obviously inter- need him on that defensive line to stop guys like Brady. Um, he knows what he's going to do. Is he going to end up, though? With him being that Wisconsin guy, it's hard to bet against Green Bay. It is. Um, but it's also hard to get, bet against his brothers, you know. You know, TJ, like, TJ's in their prime right now. TJ's as good as the Patrick so you'll find in this league. I believe should have been Defensive Player of the Year, as good as Aaron Donald is. TJ Watt had a, a, a hell of a year. Uh, I get the Cleveland thing, but as I reported um, to you guys before, I heard they want to move him inside. I don't know if he wants to be a 4-3 DT or does he want to play on the edge. Um, he did tease teams like the Jets. He know do run a 3-4. I think he'll end up going to a team running a 3-4. I don't think he'll want to be a 4-3 DT, and I don't think he's a 4-3 edge rusher. Yeah. So, so it will be teams like Cleveland and teams like the Jets, because the Jets are now, they, they were they, under Greg Williams, who runs typically a 4-3 defense. They were running a 3-4 for most of the yeah. two years Adam Gase was there. But now it's revealed yeah. that Robert Sala is going to run a 4-3 defense. So that's going to run yeah, his traditional, his traditional summer 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 4-3 yeah. defense. Uh, so yeah. that could bring in got the teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers. The thing with the Steelers is, though, there's a huge question about Big Ben whether he's going to come back or not. Now, Big Ben has told the front office that he wants to come back and he wants to keep playing, but the general manager says, well, we're going to evaluate the situation and your position as we get into free agency and into the draft. So, yes, yeah. Steelers, maybe, in fact, Mac Jones to the Steelers, maybe? Kyle Trask to the Steelers? Because of Mac Jones to the Steelers? Or Trubisky, one of those two guys... I feel like Matt Jones and Steelers would be like a perfect fit. Like in, in the perfect world, those two would be a happy marriage. Matt Jones is a very much, you know, he'll thrive in our run first system, you know, but he'll have enough weapons to get to get it done. He's pr- plenty accurate. I don't think he gets credited enough for his accuracy. He makes a lot of NFL caliber throws. Now you can argue he had Waddle and Smith. Two of the top three receivers coming out of this year's draft, so definitely makes it easier. If the Steelers we saw in Juju Smith-Schuster, then that's a suitable replacement for Devontae Smith. Wow. Yeah, you were talking. You would then be going back to talking about the the triples they had last year with Chase Claypool, uh, Juju, and um, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, serviceable. You imagine they're losing James Conner for agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a decent offensive line, even with the loss of Marquise Pouncey. Um, I I think Matt Jones will be a good pick here for Steelers. Uh, I know we'll do our own draft picks, um, drafts and everything later. But you to get back on JJ, if I had to pull, just assume that he will go somewhere. I would say Green Bay. I think he'll end up in Green Bay. Okay, it would just make a lot of sense. There is a need, you know. Um, 
And I feel like JJ is an understanding of his what he brings to an organization. And him going to the Steelers will almost, almost take away from TJ. And I don't think he wants to get in the way of TJ's success. I think he wants TJ to carve out his own path like JJ did. Um, and like I said, it's mostly because of their success last year. And also with the possibility of playing against your brother twice a year, possibly three times twice a year. And, uh, yeah. and then playing against your brother and having, having the time of her life and possibly helping Cleveland win the Super Bowl. But it's looking more and more likely that the Pack, if the Packers shell out the money that is necessary to sign J.J. Watt, the Packers should it's, sign. Now, and that's, that's the point I wanted to get into next. What's the money, George? Because if you go to Cleveland, Cleveland money's pretty much tied up. They've invested a lot of money over the last two-year free agents with Odell's contract, with Jarvis' contract, Olivier Vernon's contract. They signed Austin Hooper last year to that big deal. Um, if they want Kareem Hunt back, they're going to have to shuffle that money out this year. Yep. Um, at some point, Nick Chubb will have to get his payday. Baker Mayfield plays the what he played last year towards the end of the year. He'll have to get his payday. This is the award. I don't think he's got his money. You'll have to give him his money. So this so is going to be a lot of You're thinking more here. about, okay, how much of a cap hit can we save? How much of a, of a cap savings can we get if we cut guys yes. like Olivia Vernon? How much do we save if we trade OBJ? Because yes. if OBJ looks yes. or not, that team played a lot better with him off the field. But here's the thing. They started playing well with Od- Odell was starting to come into to shape before yeah, he got that, that injury. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about OG, OBJ being back. You know, we were like, oh, is he back? You know, if, is he there? Um, but, but obviously, OBJ's contract is, is one of those contracts that you look and say, that's a huge cap hit. We need money to improve this roster yeah. and get over the yeah, so we sure. don't lose by three or four points to the Chiefs for sure. again. For sure, for sure, for absolutely, absolutely, George. But I go back to Kareem Hunt here. Um, what made the Cleveland Browns so dominant last year was the, the the dynamic duo of Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's going to be offered a lot of money to go somewhere. I don't know where, but a lot of money to go somewhere. Yep. And if you want to keep him, you're going to have to pay him. I don't know what you can sign J.J. Watt for. That would be a slap in the face. I don't think Green Bay has to shuffle out that much money to get J.J. Watt because their money not super tied up. You know, like, Jair Alexander, I think, is the only one left on that defense who really needs to get paid. Preston Smith, I might consider letting him go in the trade. might come off his contract. Kenny Clark, as well as he's playing, I might be willing to come off his contract, um, you know, and if they, that's, that's if they still are interested in Will Fuller as well, Will Fuller, because they're going to have to sign Will Fuller. He's going to give a nice little hefty deal as well, you know, so we're talking about teams who have agendas. I just think he will be, I think J.J. made enough money in his career. I think he's going to go somewhere and win. Green Bay will be going somewhere to win. <laughs> so, I would say Green Bay is probably the odds favorite. Yeah, no, I can, I can I totally see that. Um, but JJ JJ needs a ring because he, he, had, he has had such a, a powerful impact and such a great career that a, a ring would just top it all off. It's the only thing missing from his career. Yes. His, his resume is tied already. But 
moving moving back to Deshaun Watson, I mean, well, not Deshaun Watson, but JJ Watt, he, I can see him sign for five to eight million at most. Oh okay. yeah. To go to a team oh, like yeah. Green Bay to a, to a championship contender. Um, Cleveland, obviously, we mentioned has those cap hits, and I don't know who else out there really could use him at defensive end. Because and that's and you mentioned it before that thirty four defensive end scheme that thirty four uh, scheme is where JJ Watt really excels. Yeah. So I would I would love to see him in Green Bay, bring it all back home, go go back to Wisconsin, try to win a chip for Aaron Rodgers. And I think after Aaron Rodgers' uh, comments and the media reaction that he got from him, I think that. Uh, Green Bay might have to be inclined to get it. If JJ signs with, I don't know, the Jets or sure. some, some team. Let me just put this out Say JJ signs with the Chicago Bears, right? Yep. Your, your rival. How is that going to reflect back to Aaron Rodgers? Yep. You know, yep. now i got to face JJ Watt two times a year because you didn't want to pay him. <laughs> you know, like, it's little things like this, George, that shows, you know, star players if you're with them or are you against them. And there's, I'm sure there's other teams, George, that we haven't even touched on, began to touch on, who, who might be in the, in the market. Um, but let's go from the Packers to one of their own free agents in Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones hit the free agent market after two really great years, leaving the league in the Russian touchdown two years ago. Another, back that up with another solid um, rushing, uh, <laughs> rushing year this year. What do you think he resigns? And if not, he has he has to resign. There's no there's yeah, no question about it. You can't no brand, him, correct? You can't no brand, correct? not be a Packer because Aaron Jones really brought the pressure off of Aaron Rodgers this entire season. And sure, yeah, they drafted him a couple years ago, and only just two years ago discovered his potential and actually started giving him the rock. But that's not. That's not Aaron Rodgers' fault. That's the, the coaching staff's fault. <laughs> yeah. That's the coaching staff's fault for not giving him the rock more. So he showed that he's earned a spot on that team or on any team, really. I think if the Packers are foolish enough to let him walk, help a team like L.A., who are going to need to support Matt Stafford the best they can on offense, with him and Cam Akers would make a dynamic duo in Los Angeles and could possibly push him over the hump. It's, it's important to note that Aaron Jones plays every other series for Green Bay. They yes. do a very, very split-heavy backfield with him and Jamal Williams. So you would imagine wherever he goes, again, he would be looking to split time with whoever that second back is. So the Chargers, not Chargers, but the Rams makes sense there. Um, yeah. I'll give you a dark horse team, George. I would think enough that, you know, just kind of popped in my head. You know, where I was like, hmm, you know, that would that would make a lot of sense on paper. But I don't don't know if they have what it takes to get them. But I said maybe if he could go to a team like Seattle, who's in desperate need to to, to continue keep Russ happy. Yeah, and Chris Carson's you know, a free agent there as well. Chris Carson's set there at free agency. You know, um, you got we, you got a couple other running backs in the wing that you can use fairly to, to give Aaron Jones that big break. But how how big of help will that to be to Russ? You know. 
hey, Russ, you know, we hear your cries, we hear your antics, we, we're ready to help you. Here's Aaron Jones. Yeah. And then another team, George, that came to my mind, and oh, I hold my breath on this one. I say this sparingly. <laughs> but how good were Aaron Jones and um, Aaron Jones, uh, the kid's name, the kid's name is on the tip of my tongue. What team? I feel that I, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher his name. Um, Washington football team, not picking. Not Darius. Not Darius. No, no, not Darius guys. No, not Darius guys. Shoot, we should know his name. We should. He had a really good. Oh, here, here we go. Um, it's getting my mind. Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson. There yeah. we go. How good would Antonio Gibson and Aaron Jones look together? Antonio Gibson had a phenomenal rookie year last year. No, he you did. He did. Um, Washington got some money to spend. You know, if you if you're trying to invest in that run game, Aaron Jones, perfect person to put in, in here, try to expand and make whoever your starting quarterback is yeah. a happier man by having Aaron Jones to hand that ball off to. Yeah, and Washington football team is a, is a real dark horse in a lot in this free agency because they are. There, there's, they just re-signed Taylor Henneke. Yeah. Do you really think George, the Packers, uh, the do you think he gets the nod? Do you think he gets the nod? It depends. It depends on what happens with Alex Smith because he does have a huge contract there. It was a feel-good story when he came back on the field, but I don't think that Coach Rivera sees him as a long-term answer. It was more of, you're the best available quarterback right now in our roster. Go get him. <laughs> Go get him. You, you made it all the way back. Go get him. You're the best quarterback on the scene because Dwayne Haskins is just trash. Taylor Henneke is, isn't ready. I think Taylor Henneke is more of a prospect that Rivera might see in the future, depending on how things go in Washington. But don't rule out the Sam Darnold trade. Sam Darnold could go to could go, go to Washington football team, and they have they have they have some cap space that they might be able to repeat as NFC's champions. I'm looking at their roster right now. They only have scary Terry McLaurin, who's their number one receiver, but outside of that, Steve Sims Jr., Cam Sims, there's really not a lot of receivers out there. They're in a proposition to snag themselves a couple of key pieces mm-hmm. for possibly the right price. Yeah. Um, I see them getting in the market for, I mean, granted, we don't know what he has left, but can we can we see them getting in the market for A.J. Green to get yeah. from Sensi? A.J. Green would be a nice I, fit I and certainly a good mentor. Can, can, can I see possibly, uh, and again, in another mentor situation, T.Y. Hilton end up mm-hmm. on the Washington football team? Maybe. If, if they're willing to cash cash out, because they landed Chris Godwin from yeah. Tampa Bay. Maybe. You know? So there's also so, a mean, possibility of them re-signing Brandon Scherf. He doesn't have to go to another team. They could re-sign him. No, 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 no. And I'm sure that's a priority for Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera loves his offensive lineman. Um, he... He takes care of them. For the outside of Andrew Norwell, was the only noticeable lineman I remember from the Panther team that left. For the yeah. most part, he takes care of his guys. You know, um, and I wouldn't be shocked to see them. First priority probably is resign Brandon Sheriff. Probably is, um, and uh, and they're probably also looking down the line as well. You got to look. It's Gary Terry when it's time to pay him. Well, will get paid. He will be. We will be talking about Terry McLaurin as a top five 
highest paid receiver in football when his time is up. Because he's only scratching the surface and he's playing out of his mind. Yeah. You know, because uh, right, right now the problem and, for Washington is improving that offense because that 4-3 defense yeah. that Rivera has been. I'm not worried about it. It's, yeah. it. It is up and coming. If it wasn't up and coming last year, it's definitely up and coming this year. They could go offensive line in the draft uh, this coming year. But yeah. again, adding a guy like Aaron Jones or uh, to, to that team could be scary. Depending on what they do with the quarterback position, I could definitely see Washington repeating as NFC East champions because I don't think the Giants are ready to play what they do with, on how they improve uh, the offense around Daniel Jones because he can't be Saquon Barkley all the time. And that's pretty much what Jason Garrett tried to do early on in the season. Uh, they I mean, we only see Saquon Barkley before, we only seen him for a game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And. Like, it, it, there's something to be said, George, about, you know, Daniel Jones playing with Saquon Barkley. We just got to see them on the field together. <laughs> you know, at this point, this, this is. Well, I, think, I think you need to surround Daniel Jones with a lot better receivers than they have on the roster right now because they have a decent team. The problem is, I don't think they score enough points to beat teams. No, they, they don't. No, they don't. But I feel like that a lot falls on Daniel Jones. I just don't think Daniel Jones is as great as a quarterback is is available. If I was the Giants, I would literally look into trying to possibly get in the market for a quarterback. Yes. At least, at least a guy who could compete with Daniel Jones to the point where it's serviceable. Because it almost seems like now Colt McCoy was healthy. Colt McCoy will be the starter. You know, <laughs> because Daniel Jones just didn't look that impressive. You know, and we've seen Colt McCoy go out there and start suddenly Sterling Shepard is like, oh, wait, Sterling Shepard's out there. Oh, wait, Colt Colt McCoy, making his neck. The Texas Longhorn. Colt McCoy. Yes, yes. You know, so, like, the most memorable thing we remember Daniel Jones is falling when he had a wide open rushing touchdown. That's the most memorable thing we remember from the guy from this year, you know, is having a touchdown in front of him and falling flat on their feet. (laughs) So, I mean... There's two big things right now if you're the New York Giants. Offensive line, receivers. Um, and I'll tell you what. Here's a, here's a hot take for you. Trade Evan Ingram. <laughs> get, get off the Evan Ingram business. Because some, some foolish team will fall for that. Yeah. Some foolish team will look at what Evan Ingram is and be like, man. He, this Especially when you see a guy him. like Kyle Pitts uh, being the top-rated uh, tight end in this year's draft. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you can come out of here with probably a tight end who may not be as fast as Evan Ingram, but can hold on to the ball, yeah. which is the name of the game at the position. <laughs> hold on to the ball. Evan Ingram doesn't run block, so you're not missing him there, you know? And you just mentioned the kid um, coming out this year that everyone's raving about. George, he's, you know when T.J. Hawkinson was coming out of Iowa? It was like, oh, T.J. Hawkinson, he, he's next up. And well, look at him. Look, Detroit, great for first, me in fantasy. First year, first year, all, uh, first year Pro Bowl this year. You yeah. know, so I mean, totally. you, yeah, you, definitely, definitely listen to those scouts because that dude Pitts can be one of the best tight ends in the league if he goes to. Yeah, a lot of people say coming out, they remind he reminds them of Aaron Hernandez, ironically coming from Florida. You know, he he almost okay, got well, that receiver. Wait, for him. wait, yeah. Aaron Hernandez. In what regard? Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> on the football field, George. On the football field. <laughs> <laughs> He's got amazing hands, great speed at the I'm position. Sure, I'm sure that's what um, the court said, too. He's got amazing hands. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, two, 
Too soon, too soon with the Aaron Hernandez jokes. All right, let's move on from NFL because we have the Daytona 500, and I don't even know who the fuck Michael McDowell is, but he won the fucking Daytona 500. Chase Elliott came two points behind him. Hamlin came... (laughs) Hamlin came... Hamlin... Hamlin had probably the best car of the day. Yeah. Hamlin was as dominant as... Of, he, he won the uh, for those who don't follow NASCAR. Danny Danny Hamlin had won the prior two the Daytona 500, and was set to do something nobody has done in the sport before. Wins three straight. Yep. And he won stage one, no problem. Won stage two, no problem. Was leading in stage three. I mean, when I tell you this kid looked like I was like, well, Danny Hamlin's got this thing in the back. You know, he, <laughs> his team executed George too well in pit road to where. For those who don't follow Daytona, it's, it's a lot of pack racing. Yep. So you, you pick with you pick with your manufacturers. The Fords put it together, the Chevys put it together. Problem with the Toyotas there, there was only like four or five Toyotas in the field. Yeah. So you weren't gonna have to pick was a big enough crowd to really make up that big of a difference. And it did not help that Dickney Hamlin came out three seconds above where his nearest Toyota friend was. You know, so the pit stops honestly what screwed them over. Otherwise, I think we're talking about Denny Hamlin having his third straight. Yeah. They go the 500. Um, shout out to Sasha Banks real quick for waving the green flag. Yes, yes. Did a great Big job, boss. It's boss. Um, <laughs> I, I would love to talk about Bud Wallace. Go ahead. Who a lot of people have a lot to say about Bud And me too, you know. As the, uh, the only African-American driver in the sport today. A lot of eyes are on him. A lot of cameras are on him. He brings a lot of negative and positive, you know, critics to, to the sport. Yeah. You know? He brings and eyes to the sport. Sport. Which is, at the end of the day, if you're NASCAR, that's what you want, right? Yeah. Whether it's positive or negative, you don't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Bob Wallace was running in the top six, top five, majority of the race. He was running with the big boys. He looked like he belonged. And that was the big thing. Yeah, now you're driving Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin's car. Yeah, now you're in the Toyota function. Yeah, you, you know, this is make or break for you now, buddy, because you have no excuses. What did he go out there, George, and do? He led. He ran with Denny. He ran with all his Toyota friends. He made allies out there. He didn't make his ticket nose out there. Um, and if it wasn't for his pit crew failing him, where he ended up having to make another green flag stop because of a vibration, they didn't get the lug nuts, the lug nuts on the tire correctly. So he had to come back and ended up putting him a lap down into his Daytona 500 hopes. I don't think he had a card to win, but would it have been exciting to see him run for that win? Sure. Would have been awesome. Um, I just don't think the reflection of his finishing position reflects how great of a race he had. Um, because the credits are going to look, and they're going to be like, wow, he finished a lap down. Wow, you know, and he didn't do nothing. He led a couple last month. Probably with bonus laps, you know, like probably was under pit caution or something. No. For those who did not watch this race, Bubba Wallace had a great car, ran a great race, and had an unfortunate circumstance where he had to come back down pit road due to a vibration, loose blood. Um, but with that being said, yeah, Michael Madow, how about that, man? I mean, this this race now for the last in 2000, and, um, there was a funny stat. That every now, I believe, 10 years, uh, underdog wins the race. And it, sure enough, here we are. 
Michael Medell, the underdog of the day, comes out there, wins the only lead one lap, the most important lap of them all. Um, great for him. I was happy. You know, the, the sucky part is, is now he's in the playoffs because he just won this random race. It's the only problem I have with the playoffs is there's a winning your in kind of thing. Michael Medell, for all we know, is going to finish 28th in points. For all we know. <laughs> you know, but now because he won the Daytona 500, He's in the playoffs. So that means a team like Cole Custer, you know, Cole Custer is going to, might, might miss out, uh, William Byron, someone's going to miss out. A car who might be actually playoff worthy is going to miss out because Michael McDowell <laughs> stole a win after the, the Daytona 500. That, that's the only downside I see here. Other than that, I love the racing. I hated the fact that they waited to one the, on the last lap to try to make a move. Yeah. Where it was clear as day, if you were going to make a move on, on Joey Logano, you were going to have to do it three laps ago. If you're the Chevy sitting in eighth place, what are you waiting for? <laughs> if you're Denny Hamlin sitting in tenth place, what are you waiting for? <laughs> you know, like, at, at some point, you have to dive out. Amanda, who don't watch the sport, guys, Amanda, my fiance, <laughs> was watching the race who was like, before to go, like, why hasn't nobody tried anything yet? And I honestly was, I, I, I wish I could answer the question for her. But I, I didn't have the answer. I was like, you know, that's a good question. Why isn't somebody making a move? Can we talk about what happened around lap 14, the first stage? Oh, yeah. With Kyle Busch and Christopher yeah. Bell. What what was yeah. that rear bumper mess? Took out damn near 20 cars, a huge wreck. And for, I was looking at, at the video, and it looks like Kyle Busch was riding his teammate's bumper. Not... And yeah. not someone yeah, yeah. else's bumper. He was riding yeah. his teammate's bumper. Of course, Christopher Bell is going to try to move to a different lane to give Kyle Busch that opening to second. But it just fucked the whole thing up. Kyle Busch, it's, I think that whole crash was on Kyle Busch, if you're asking me. If you're asking okay. me, it's Kyle okay. Busch. Interesting. That's interesting. Damn, damn Kyle Busch. It's a interesting. First Sound like stage. a Kyle Bush hitter. Sound like a Kyle Bush hitter. But I understand. I understand. <laughs> it's, it's not even. We didn't even get through. We didn't get through the first stage. It's la- It's not even. Let, twenty laps in. <laughs> let me tell you what I see, George. Let me tell you what. It, and then you tell me if if you can understand this. Okay. Okay. All right. I watched Kyle Bush. Much like you, I, I seen it. Kyle Bush was bump drafting Denny, um, Eric Jones. Not Eric Jones. No, Eric. Eric Jones or Eric Amarillo. Um, the 20 cars actually now Christopher Bell. So you would bump Jackson Christopher Bell. You would bump Jackson Christopher Bell, and Christopher Bell, being the young kid that he is, mm-hmm. could not. Don't want to say couldn't control the car, but he lost the car for a moment. Yep. And that was all it took. On a high, a super speedway highway like Daytona, you go 195 mile per hour. You get out of shape for even a slight moment. You you lose it, and this, and this is this is what happens, you know. Um, sucked. It, it definitely sucked. But you see, you even see Kyle Busch lean off the bumper, trying to give Eric Nair Jones. I'm gonna keep saying that because I'm so used to seeing him in the 20 car. Christopher Jones in the Christopher Bell in the 20 car. <laughs> he, he Kyle Busch backed off Christopher to let him try to correct the car. He just couldn't correct the car. Lost the car a little bit, and then that what triggered the. the I mean, I hated for it to happen. But we lost Alex Bowman. That's leaning away from your teammate's car, bro. I must, I must be a yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, 
hundred dollars is ninety five miles per hour. I'm, I'm gonna back off the guy's bumper too. You know, I'm gonna give you this space and try to correct it. He, he maybe got like an inch off his teammate's bumper. <laughs> I mean, when you when you're running hundred ninety five miles per hour and a guy on your but you can't you can't slow down to, to, to you know one forty. You know, you're gonna get spun. You know, oh he gave gosh. him enough room enough room to correct the car. Christopher Bell Young couldn't correct the car, lost the car. And, you know, that's what happens. You know, it's Daytona. You know, I'm not mad at nobody. I don't blame Kyle Busch like you do. I blame Christopher Bell. You got to be better than that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be better young driver, sir. You know yes. better. Yes. You know because Kyle now, Busch is the veteran. That is your teammate, sir. Kyle Busch did nothing wrong but give his guy a shot in the back. You know, hey, let's go. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's it. It's common at Daytona. Common at Talladega. It's what they do there. <laughs> Oh, this was a great race, though, despite that early, early little, well, not little wreck, but huge wreck. <laughs> but, it's what it was. But what, what a, and I believe this is the, the second race of, of, the, of the series. This, this so the first, they told the 500, oh, it's the first race oh, of the, the season. One, right? um, That's what yeah, they had a couple of shootouts and yeah. clashes, which I guess could technically be classified as, you know, the first <laughs> race of the season, but... Is it totally what a great way to, to start this season, man. What a great yeah, way to start great, this season. Great way. If, if last the last season was the Gen 6 start, you know, uh, so we're, we're excited to see what it brings. So moving on from NASCAR, real quick news before we sign off, sign off out of here. The NBA has given out the full details on the All-Star game. Now, we've, we've spoken about the All-Star game before when it was first announced that they were, there was a rumor that they were going to have an All-Star game. And it, it's, there's been details revealed. So as, as reported, All-Stars, NBA All-Stars are going to be in Atlanta. However, the NBA is going to have all-Star all in one day. It's going to be all in one day on March 7th. Now, the format is very strange. Very strange indeed. It's going to start with, obviously, the tip-off with Ernie and them boys. But then the things get a little tricky. It goes into the skills challenge, which, depending on who's in the skills challenge, could be very entertaining. Then it goes into the three-point contest, which also can be very entertaining, depending on who's in it. And this is where things get tricky. They're going to have the All-Star game. For halftime, they're going to present the slam dunk contest. Now, why in the world you're going to have the slam dunk contest at halftime of the NBA All-Star game is beyond me. I would have preferred the three-point contest at halftime because at least the three-point contest, after after a few after the opening rounds, it goes by pretty quick. Yeah. If you're thinking about the format of a halftime show, but the dunk contest we saw a couple years ago, I believe it was Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. That was not a 15 to 20 to 30 minute affair. That went for damn near an hour. So you're talking about if if you get 
guys that can truly, truly put on a show, you're not talking about a really short intermission. This is this isn't the, the, the this isn't a 10, 50 minute intermission like it usually is. This is thirty to thirty minutes to an hour of an intermission. While guys like LeBron James have openly said, I don't want to go to All Star just because. He would prefer to just stay home, rest, and wait until the second half of the schedule gets released. And everyone knows where they're playing post-All-Star break in March. Because after All-Star break, we have we have no idea what the schedule is. Because everyone's last game is around March 2nd. Because the NBA at the beginning of the season said, we're going to release the schedule in two parts. After, after the, the first half of the season, then we're going to assess the situation with COVID. We're going to see what's going on. And then we're going to release a new schedule. And it seems like a lot of, it seems like a quarter, one, a fraction of the NBA is struggling with COVID. Look at the Spurs. They're scheduled to play the New York Knicks this Saturday, postponed, canceled, because San Antonio has a COVID outbreak. So if you want to have uh, NBA All-Star game, All-Star festivities, all in one day, have all these events, all these challenges, all in one day, in a town, in a city like Atlanta, and bless Atlanta, because they were one of the the few. They were one of the, Georgia was one of the states that really just opened up right in the middle of the summer, like in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic. But their numbers, have, I don't, from what I've seen, they haven't plateaued or gone down a bit. At least in certain areas, they plateaued, or a lot of people have taken the vaccine. Yeah, but. You're putting players at risk and, and just going to Atlanta. And yeah, sure, Atlanta is great, but guess what guess what else is in Atlanta? Studio J of the NBA on TNT. So this is this screams just TNT, you need you need uh, NBA content. Here you go. Which I don't think NBA would have been too mad about because they gave all elite wrestling a contract extension right around when the pandemic started. When and they had just and they were in it for a year. So I don't I think the NBA really panicked when coming to this. And LeBron is he's furious at the owners, but why isn't he furious at the NBA Players Association? Why isn't he talking to his boy Chris Paul and saying, why did you approve this? You're putting we shouldn't we shouldn't have this kind of situation. You, the, the the reports when it came out earlier was George that the NBA was hard set on making sure there was an All Star event. When I first read it, I posted it on Facebook and a lot of people reacted um, on why 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 are we having the All Star event in the middle of COVID? The Pro Bowl didn't happen for NFL; they just had a Mad tournament essentially. MLB's All Star game, they're mad about it. <laughs> You know, um, it's, it's understandable to not have these events. Okay. Um, with that being said, I, I, I side with LeBron. We're in the middle of a pandemic. You guys don't really have an idea what to do. This is kind of like a last minute. We're spitballing it kind of thing. Let's try to put something off for the fans. Are these players even going to play for real? No. Is the all-star joke 
again, that means anything. No. Um, could there be other ways to determine the seeding for the West versus East come to the NBA Finals? Yes. Why are we, what, for what? Did we could have the vote in, George. We could have the vote in for the All-Stars without having the actual All-Star game. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. Okay, I'll do the one better. I'll do the one, one even better. Why do we need the All-Star game? We could have had the All-Star three-point shoot, uh, shootout and the dunk contest in the same day, right? That could have been it. Yep. We would have needed to gather all the biggest stars from each team. Um, we would have had to squeeze the, the already lengthy dunk contest into an all-star, you know, halftime performance. Um, the three-point shootout, like, just seemed like a waste of time to me. Um, LeBron seems aggravated. I'm sure there's other top players in the league aggravated. Um, we're going to be missing stars like Anthony Davis anyways who are out on injury. So if the thought was to put the biggest stars on display, you're going to be without some of the biggest stars anyways. And do you think um, Doc Rivers is going to be letting Joel be play 25 minutes, 30 minutes in the All-Star game? No. Yeah, that's the thing. The All-Star game, they, they, last year they converted into, okay, you have to get, I think, 150 points and the winning team donates to a charity of their choice. I'm assuming this year every charity is COVID relief going to towns that are hugely affected and impacted by COVID but the thing is the players can do that on their free time they don't need to play an all-star game to donate to determine yeah to determine. And, and as far as oh well the TNT execs they need they, they need content bro they have a ton of if I can if, if they promote Snowpiercer one more goddamn time while I watch all the wrestling dynamite that's it. Just put Snowpiercer. When the all-star break is, you're, you're, damn, you're promoting every damn day. <laughs> put, put the damn show, put a marathon on where the all-star break is supposed to be. And if you're so upset about it, why not just say, hey, we, you, you don't have to give us um, all-star, but we'll, get, we'll, we'll broadcast a few more games. Bro- let us broadcast more games on our network on Tuesdays or Thursdays. Give us, give us a Monday. Give us, a, give us a, 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 an extra game on on Thursday or whatever, or a, or a weekend game on Saturday or Sunday. And do, do that in return, because, again, the second half of the schedule isn't released yet. We don't know who's, no one knows who's playing after March 2nd. All they know is that March 2nd comes, March 7th is, is quote-unquote, all-star break, and then that's it. They don't know, no, we're at February 18th at the time recording. We don't know anything about the second half of the schedule yet, but we know that there's going to be an all-star game. And, and the thing is, games have been canceled. Team, there have been teams that have been affected by COVID that have that had to stop games and things. The season has been affected by it. Just because I'm watching the Knicks doesn't mean that the NBA isn't being affected by COVID. COVID because not. But worry about the, the second half of the schedule finishing the season versus an All-Star break because now you're going against the players. Let's worry about having an actual postseason. Yes. You know, let's, not, let's, let's worry about our biggest stars, yeah, being healthy come playoff time. You know, because we, we, we touched it on earlier in the episode, George, lingering effects of COVID. We've yeah. seen, uh, like, you know, like, I don't want to see a tired out, um, Giannis, I, 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 who know, um, in the Milwaukee, you know, playoff series because he's recovering from COVID. I don't want to see that. 
I want to see that full screen. Yeah. And uh, you know how you do, you know what would be worst case scenario? Worst case scenario, George, somebody comes back positive from this. That's that's all it will take. Because that's the thing. Uh-huh. They announced they announced all these details that we're gonna have skills challenge early on, then the three point contest, then dunk contest. But they didn't say anything about COVID precautions. They didn't say anything about no. They didn't say anything about oh, you need to social distance. You need to be in a bubble. They're just oh, we're gonna be in Atlanta because Atlanta one has t- the TNT Studios right in there, so we could just have Ernie and the EJ and the guys just be at the All Star game like, like they used to. And Atlanta is is an open is an open city in an open state right now, so they can get away with it. Yeah, like there's there's no there, there's no NBA bubble. For the All Star break, and it's just it's just a single day. In a single day, anything can happen. And the worst part is there, there's going to be some amount of fans at this at this All Star. So I'm, I'm confused. I don't know what the hell the NBA is doing. Um, uh, roll. I need I, I need some time to think this through because it would be the season that the New York Knicks are actually competitive. And around competing for a playoff spot, where all the shenanigans happen. As as always, didn't even mention this at the beginning of the show. We are presented by Diplomacy Clothing. Follow them on Instagram at Diplomacy Clothing. We're going to have a special guest on the Instagram Live role. Did I tell you, sir, of from RMF Takeover, the same studio that brings us King Hez and that wonderful intro song. Cortez, Cetez Music, is going to be a special guest talking New York Knicks on Instagram Live. Be on the lookout for that. We're going to have a lot more guests on Instagram Live. It's going to be a, a separate thing from the Spotify. So make sure you follow us at Off the Bench Pod on Instagram. We're all saying goodbye to the people. All right, my good people. You have to take it easy. Be safe out there. I know we're in the middle of a winter storm. Stay safe. Stay safe, everybody. Take care. <laughs>